we're near Thanksgiving and um, our teachers give us a lot to be thankful for. I'm thankful for them. They're amazing. They make these differences for, for our communities. In fact, they're wise. Make us wise. Hello, everyone. Our topic today is remembering your why. Tech Talk for Teachers is brought to you by Avid.org. Avid believes a single teacher can change the life of a student. To learn more about Avid, visit their website at avid.org. Welcome to Tech Talk for Teachers, the podcast where teachers discuss how technology and teaching best practices can positively transform education to create equitable classrooms for future ready learners. I'm Rena Clark. I'm Paul Beckerman. And I'm Winston Benjamin. We are educators. And we're here to share actionable teaching strategies you can implement into your classroom. Our quote for today is from an unknown source. When you can't control what's happening, challenge yourself to control the way you respond to what's happening. That's where your power is. Um, what do you think about that quote? This makes me think of a lot of different things. I can remember even my parents when I'm young, they're like, you can't control what other people do, but you can control what you do or what you think about it. Um, and I think that's still so true. It's, it's also been something as I've been learning a lot more about my biases and other things, it's like, take that pause because I can kind of evaluate how I'm thinking about things and I can change my perspective or thinking or even think about it from what I believe is someone else's perspective. And that does give me power and it does change the way I feel about it. I like that you bring up the word perspective. And I was thinking of that too. Um, it reminds me of the power of perspective. You know, we can take back power by changing perspectives by focusing on what's in that quote anyway what's what's in our sphere of control we can feel more empowered and there's there's a calm that comes with feeling like we're in control of something if we focus on the things we can't control it's just chaos right and it, it's very unnerving but we can take back some of that and speaking of one thing we can control a little bit it's our why and why we're educators and, and that's our topic of our podcast today and winston you have some more on that so one of the things we were thinking about is how difficult this year is for many, many um, educators as we experience ourselves. But we wanted to do one thing, which is have a conversation about why and what we control and why we still do this work. So today we're going to talk about the importance of remembering our why as a way of controlling things that we can do and not do. And then we're going to have a little conversation about like, why did you get into education? Right. What is your current why that keeps you going, ongoing in education? And then we'll we'll just share some reflections about what's going on. So some of the things that I wanted to really um, first talk about is like one of the things that we, we sent out some information to um, our Twitter fans and we got some response back and we were asking them what what the reason why you do it. And one of the things was people want to make a difference. Right. So we have from Rachel Burrell Teffler. My why remains the same. I wanted to get an education to make a difference for kids. And I still want to do that. Right. What do y'all think? How do you, where do you feel on this uh, make a difference? Do you still have your make a difference reason? 
I mean, I love that it's like, I still want to do that. It's, I still want to make a difference. And I work with a lot of different educators and that making a difference is a really common theme. Um, Someone else that brought that up in their quote was Liz Buffington. And she said, my current why is our students are the future doers and leaders. I want them to be confident, innovative doers and thinkers. Mm. You know, Kate Loveland, another respondent said almost the same thing. She said, I went into education because I had a passion to help children contribute to their growth and make a difference by inspiring them to be and do anything they put their minds to building those kids up and um, making that difference. I, that's, that's phenomenal that teachers do that. And and the difference making, if you notice in, in the, both those quotes, future thinking. It's like, yes, now, Mm -hmm. but I'm really talking about inspiring and making difference in the future and the impact and how this will contribute to our world later on. Uh Yeah, for sure. And actually Kate Loveland, she said that she went into principalship. So she switched from the classroom to the leadership role and now she can impact 600 students and 80 staff members in her building. So it amplifies the why for her. Yeah. One of the things that I think is also important for that is, as Rena was pointing out, the future difference is sometimes we get bogged down with trying to make the da- change in the future. But sometimes it's the small things that we do today that, that really impacts the future. So going back to what we control, right, it's just thinking about the little small moves we make with kids, the why we do the work we do is also very important, right? Like that 10 students you may impact today. And Danielle Reyes, and she responded, and I think it matches exactly what you're saying, Winston, because she's some small moments. So students, aha moments. So, but she says, I knew I would be in a profession that gave me the opportunity and platform to make a positive difference in young people's lives every single day. So I think that's really important. Those little micro moments, words have impact, actions have impact, as well as thinking long term. You know, this was an aha for me. I used to think that to make a difference, I had to do something huge, you know, some big momentous event or some accomplishment. I was totally wrong. It's not the big thing. It is all those little micro moments. It's all those little impacts that you make every day. They add up. It's like all those grains of sand eventually become the beach. You know, it's it's all a cumulative effect. And it's funny when you, I think when we had my student on the podcast, but it was like things I don't even remember doing. That's what he remembered. It was like, oh, when you connected this, this, and we made t-shirts. And I'm like, I actually don't even remember doing that, but I'm glad. Or what it, sometimes we don't even remember, but those little differences, even our body language can have that impact. For sure. Well, one of the things that our listeners said that they, did intentionally do as a why is they wanted to empower and help. And that was our next set of quotes. Um, And these got kind of specific into, into some curricular things or more specific areas like uh, Kelly Kozlowski. She said that we need more CTE. So she was really into the career technical education and she wanted to really make a impact in that way and provide various career pathways for people. And you empower people to do that. I agree. I think that it's important to give students options for next steps. And while I'm Brian Clem, um, Clement, he also um, speaks towards that. It's like for him, it's coaching got him interested in the career change, right? From accounting to think about that. 
right? To give back um, like others had done for him. So there's something of just empowering, helping, right? Teaching about financial education as a CTE option, right? Be um, becoming more relevant, a uh, more relevant topic for students is also important, right? Connecting, being able to connect the today to tomorrow, right? Being able to help and empower students for where they, what they can do and how they can change them, their future. And that focus on they, on the student. So Kay Beckerman says, students are exciting and want to learn. I found I could help them focus on what they wanted and how to get there. And the students, seriously, they, they have so many fantastic ideas and keep me energized. So with that focus on empowering the student. And I do know Kay because she is my <laughs> sister-in-law. She really believes that. I mean, she's all about the students. She got into uh, this. She's a college educator and she got into, you know, this fairly recently and she just loves the students and, and helping them be better. Kristen Vlach also says um, she's in it to help students with disabilities learn how to learn differently and to maximize their lives to their full potential. And another group of students who really needs educators to lift them up. There's something that, about this that talks about empowering that I really love. It reminds me of a, a lesson that I got when I was um, doing first in teaching. Don't be the sage on the stage, right? It's not your job to always drop the message to the kids, right? It's to let them gain the knowledge through themselves. So I really appreciate this idea of helping students find themselves, right? That was dope. So the third topic that really presented itself and when we were able to pull out from all these coats was provide a better experience than I had. And I can definitely know I fall into this category in some ways when I think about I got into this because there's some things that happened to me and I never wanted that to happen to anyone else. So, <laughs> but we can start with um, Dr. Rod Merrill said, I went into education because school did not serve my needs as a learner. I had a teacher that made a huge difference in my life. I wanted to be that kind of educator for others. My why now is that schools can change the trajectory of students' lives. Mm. You know, I think it's cool that he had the positive experience that allowed him to rebound maybe from that negative experience. And sometimes it just takes that one teacher who really connects. And like you were saying, Rena, you don't always know when that is as a teacher but every student deserves some teacher that they can connect with. So we had a guest a few episodes ago, Ruben, and I remember him talking about his school and that one of their missions was they found an adult, it might be a counselor, it might be a coach, that every single student could connect with and have a meaningful relationship with. And I just love that idea of intentional connections for students. And the variety of connection, right? Like not pigeonholing students into this is what you should like or who you should be because you're like, or from here, right? Opening up the doors to them is also important. So I like that part. Nikki Davis, um, she had another way that school wasn't working for her. And that was academically. She's actually a social studies teacher now, but she says, quote, I was not a fan of social studies most of the time because I found it boring. I became a social studies teacher and vowed to make it interesting. And she still thinks about this often, and it's why she teaches. She loves it when students can connect with the content and find learning fun and exciting. Again, you're making it personal. You're making it real to the students. Honestly, I believe some of that is through that relationship piece, but then it's the relationship to the content as well. 
Absolutely. And then the relationship to the next level, right? Like, where can you go, right? As teachers, sometimes we have experience to be able to push students to say, I see where you can go. I see what you can be. And one um, one of the next reasons what, of the whys that we get all get into education is being role models and inspirations, right, for our students. Andrea Ellingbu, um, she puts down, uh, I became an assistant so that I could be a home be home more with my family, an assistant that teaches that the teachers and and administration encourages and pushes me into teaching the students. They teach me more than I could ever teach them. Right. As a way of the students are also our role models and our informers. Right. Because I remember when I first started getting into education, I didn't really know much about um, El Salvadorian or Central American cultures. But after working with my students, they inspired me to get involved and know what a papusa was and get involved in learning about the food so I can be a culturally informed educator. So I, I really I don't I don't know what that is. A what papusa is, that? is like a, it's like a um it's a tortilla, um two tortillas um combined to make like a little um a dough, and then you have other things stuffed in, so cheese, meats. It's a really nice, like a uh, quick meal. It's um El Salvadoran Ecuadorian um food should really check it out but um for me it was like it gave me the a role model inspiration to go other places to get involved in other things so that was nice it I gave thought. me a rumbly tummy now i'm hungry that's really good i'm telling you bro i'm telling you <laughs> well, i found other- it i was gonna say it, i found it interesting because many educators i talked to including like they have family members that are in education you were just talking about your sister-in-law I was uh, talking, you know, my, both my brothers are educators. My dad's a professor. So how many of us had role models within the family? And so Katie K- K- Johnson says, I got into education because of a teacher I had in third grade. My mom was a teacher too. And I l- always loved everything she did. My why is I want to show kids that learning is fun. And I also teach because I can reach those that struggle. It allows for me to connect families to education in a way that instills a new perspective on the education system. That's cool. And you know what? Michaelin Bolter says something similar. She says, I went into education as I grew up with passionate, intelligent, amazing models of teaching, and I wanted to connect with children and work toward helping them. So we've got some recurring themes coming into this too. To be a small part of a child's journey is an honor in life. Mm-hmm. She knows the power of that role model and that inspiration that she can be. It's an honor to be a teacher. And I think we don't hear that often enough. Teachers need to understand that you are amazing and you make this huge difference. And what an honor for us to have you as a teacher and and for us to be educators. Let's take a look at one more reason here or another reason. And this one is kind of interesting because it's... It's the one that maybe is the elephant in the room sometimes, right? Teaching's hard. <laughs> it's it's really hard. And, um, you know, not all teachers find joy in that every day. I mean, I remember some days as, a, as an early teacher, I would go home and it's like, oh, boy, that was a bad day. <laughs> and I don't know if I helped anybody. Uh, maybe, maybe I should go down a different road. And uh, thank goodness people kept me in it. But um, it's hard. Uh, Jennifer Hampshire says uh, she got into education because I love helping people. I love education and being a lifelong learner. If I won the lotto, I'd go back to college for fun. <laughs> you know, so she loves that. But she also says 
my reason for staying in currently is, pause, <laughs> I'm hoping out hope that in a few years we'll get back to a normal classroom. And she says, honestly here, it's hard right now. I stay in it for these relationships with kids. Um, there are a lot of things making me want to find a new profession right now, but those relationships keep me coming back. Mm. I was that that is so big for me because like a couple of, I was talking to one of my coworkers, um, Twan, a couple uh, uh, two weeks ago, and we were talking about how he went and met up with a, one of his high school teachers. And then I thought about mine, Mr. Lieberman. I remember the time he came to Seattle. He was my freshman year um, uh, global social studies teacher. And 20, 30 years later, I still met him up and see him to like, connect with him. So like that idea of relationship and that long lasting relationship, I really appreciate that even though it's hard, like that's the reason why we stick into it. And that was that, that just reminded me of that one. Yeah, there's those, those couple of teachers that we've have continuing relationships with. I definitely, as an adult, have relationships with teachers I had. And then it's interesting, too, because coming from a small town or like I saw at a conference and I'm leading a session and these are my teachers. I wasn't nervous till I saw them because they were my old teachers. I was like, oh, I don't know why all of a sudden you're like, oh, because to me, they're rock stars. I'm like, you are an honored guest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Say, this is interesting. Um submission Stacy Ambrosich and I actually met her in Europe on a trip so it's kind of cool that she responded here she was an amazing teacher and she always had kids reaching out to her but she actually left the profession after 25 years um she was a fantastic teacher but she said she left for self-care and a desire to explore the world outside the four walls of the classroom and she still loves education but for her she personally had to to make a change and Amanda Berg kind of takes the opposite approach. She says her current why is there's a need for resilient and compassionate teachers to see this through being, you know, these hard times and kudos to you, Amanda, for doing that as well. Yeah. I love that quote. Mm -hmm. Well, there's other people who probably have their whys. <laughs> so you're probably wondering what might be some of our whys. Um, then and now. And my my why has changed. And it also really has changed as I have become a mother. And I think becoming a parent made me a better educator. And it changed my perspective. So one of I kind of have three that I have right now. But one of them is I want every classroom to be a classroom I would want my own child to be in. So I think as I'm coaching, supporting, if it's not, and this might sound, but I'm like, if it's not good enough for my own kid, this is not good enough for anybody. Like if, if I would have a problem as a parent with my kid in the classroom, well, that's not good enough for any, any student. So we need to make it a place that would be great for every kid. Um, and then I have a huge, this is huge for me. I want every child to be a creator not just a consumer. So how are we supporting students to be creators and shifting the teacher? Kind of, what was your quote? What did you say earlier, Winston? Sage on the stage? Yep, a sage on the stage. <laughs> and I, th I think that connects to this because it's really, to me, about students becoming those creators of information and sharing. And it's not about a stage for a teacher anymore. It's about them being a lead learner. And then this is a big one for me. I want every single child and teacher so when we're talking about teachers and their whys, to have things they're excited about learning every day. It could be minute. It could be one minute, five minutes. I'm hoping it's more than that. But they need something to be excited about every single day. How about you, Winston? 
Man, this one is for me. It's to feel safe. Uh, I got into education to help, help, hopefully, get help students feel safe. I was a six foot tall black child, <laughs> and I remember being stopped by police because I looked <laughs> too big and too grown. So for me, it was about helping and allowing my kids to be kids. I remember being forced to grow up too soon. And I think that's one of the things that happened to students of color is that they're forced to grow up too soon. And I wanted and I want my classroom and my space to allow my kids to be young and be children. So that's my why. That's great. I love that. And for me, it's it's kind of strange. It's been a journey for me. Um, when I first got into education, I'm almost embarrassed to say it probably wasn't as much about the kids as it should have been. I loved English. I loved creative writing. I loved the content. And I became a high school teacher because I wanted the students to love that content. And um, for a little while, that's what it was for me. But um, I will tell you honestly, when I really started to enjoy teaching the most is when that content became secondary and third and fourth on the list. And it became about the kids. And it was probably once I kind of mastered the craft of teaching, the content of teaching, I didn't have to spend all my time planning for that. I could really put my energy into the students. And that was, that was really a, a wonderful time for me in, in being a teacher because then it became about those relationships, but it took me a while to get there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everything you're all saying, I think as we've progressed and our roles have changed, and you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but those things are still true, even in the role, like when I'm coaching others, it's kind of about that quote, how they change roles to amplify that thinking. My why is still there. It's still centered on students, but it might take a different route. It's like coaching, supporting teachers, supporting administration to support students um, and amplifying it in a different way. So I feel privileged to also be able to have that kind of capacity <laughs> as well. There's lots of tools available. This is kind of an interesting, like, what is in our toolkit around our why? Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. What's in the toolkit? What? What is in the toolkit? What's in the toolkit? Check it out. I'm going to have Paul start us off with something from the toolkit. I feel like if it's a toolkit, you should have, and it's a Y toolkit, you should have wire in it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Um, <laughs> I think, okay, here's a tool. A tool can be social media where you can share your why. When other people share their why, you could acknowledge their why. It's a way to kind of reach out and, and share some of that. So there's a tool. It's funny. I was just in a meeting today. I can't remember the exact way it was. So it's similar to a gratitude journal, but just taking like three to five minutes, writing down three positive things from the day. But then the most important part was connecting it to why were they positive? So, it, and it even could be like, I brought lunch and that's positive because then I wasn't hungry and I was in a better mood and that helped students. It could be that I made a kid that aha moment. And then I could explain why. So I love the idea of capturing that, taking a few minutes to reflect, especially as we're talking about someone said, I'm feeling June tired and it's November. So how do we, you know, 
how do we still remember our why and help ourselves out a little bit? So I love the idea. Three positive things, but intentionally remembering why are those positive? And I think it will help. Back to that first quote, how we look at things can really change how we feel about things. Do this with your students. That's my toolkit. Like this activity was dope because I feel better. I'm sure students are going through tough times too, trying to figure out the why they're trying to go to school, why they're sitting in this classroom now, why they're stressing. So um, I felt like this would be a really good activity to do with students to really reconnect them to why they're in school, why they're focusing on their education. And also, like Rena said, the future, right? Why is tomorrow important? Fantastic. All right. And you know what else is important? Our one thing. It's time for that one thing. All right, so Winston, one thing that you pulled from from our little uh, sharing of and, and listening to quotes today. It's hard. Life is hard. If it was easy, it wouldn't be fun. Um, it makes me think about DMX's song "Slipping." For those who know what it is, like also like the beauty is fine is the the joy is finding the beauty within the struggle, right? Like sometimes you got to remember that hey, it's hard. So I, I'm, I appreciate that. I'm taking that away with me. I was thinking my one thing is that it's not one thing. <laughs> so <laughs> good. when we pull, I loved those kind of categories. And this is a, a, a sample of people, but why are, why can, and we talked about how our why changes, it evolves, it changes, it adapts to the time. So there's, it's just, you need to know your why. I think that's, that's my one thing. Like know your why, commit to it have that belief in it. And it's okay if that why changes every day, if you need it to. Yeah. And I would say, um, please know that you make a difference. Um, you all got into this for a reason. You all have a why and you make a difference. Uh, you make a difference to students. You make a difference to your colleagues, to families, to your community. Uh, please know that. And actually we're near Thanksgiving and um, our teachers give us a lot to be thankful for. I'm thankful for them. They're amazing. They make these differences for, for our communities. In fact, their whys make us wise. <laughs> <laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to hug my dad right now. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Tech Talk for Teachers. We invite you to visit us at avidopenaccess.org, where you can discover resources to support student agency, equity, and academic tenacity to create a classroom for future-ready learners. We'll be back here next Wednesday for a fresh episode of Tech Talk for Teachers. And remember, go forth and be awesome. Thank you for all you do. You make a difference. <laughs>